Hey, it's Ronnie Davis, and you're listening to Being More, the place to be if you want to learn how to stop eating in ways that make you feel like crap, if you want to end the weight and food war, and start reimagining healthy eating and living. We'll show you how to change your mind, your food world, and your life with less doing and more being. In this episode, navigating the hours and days post-binge. It's common to feel ashamed, physically uncomfortable, and even fearful after a binge, or even after overeating something that you know makes you feel like garbage. But it's important to remember that it doesn't define you, and how we respond in the hours and days after these things happen can play a huge role in whether we keep ourselves stuck in binge eating patterns or start learning to end them for good. In this episode, I'm sharing actionable strategies to help you do the latter. I'll explore some do's and don'ts and provide some practical steps to help you navigate the aftermath of a binge so you can release feelings of guilt and shame, feel better faster, and have some hope of actually breaking the binge cycle. Whether you're struggling with binge eating or just looking for ways to improve your relationship with food and your body, this episode is for you. So tune in. And let's learn how to bounce back from a binge and move forward with confidence and self-love. Because the last thing that you need in a moment of suffering is more suffering. Being a human without having developed some unhelpful patterns in your life is impossible. We all have them. There's not a person on the planet that doesn't have some type of unhelpful or even harmful habits that they've developed over the course of their life usually as a response to pain or suffering or any number of other things. What matters, though, is what we do about them. Do we let them continue to guide our lives or do we learn how to change them? Binge eating is an example of one such unhelpful, even harmful pattern that some of us develop. And when we want to learn how to stop the pattern of binge eating, changing what we do or don't do in the hours, even days post-binge, will either ensure we continue to binge or it can have the ability to play a crucial role in our recovery process. So grab a pen and paper because we're gonna, I'm gonna outline the framework and foundational principles in ECET to show you how to create some powerful changes to how you respond to both post-binge and some actionable steps that you're gonna wanna remember. Steps, again, that will help you not only recover from the binge more quickly and easily, but that are a really important piece of the puzzle if you want to learn how to stop the binge eating cycle for good. So the first step is presence and permission. Don't promise yourself you're going to, quote, be good tomorrow or that you're never going to binge again. Is the binging having a negative effect on your health in ways that leave you scared and promising you're never going to binge again? Don't panic. Seriously, this is not the time to get stuck in a fear spiral that results in promising you're going to be good tomorrow and never binge again. We both know neither of those things are true, so stop lying to yourself. All that does is continue to keep you stuck in fear and other patterns that aren't serving you. And it keeps you disconnected from the present moment and seriously erodes self-trust. So stop 
doing that. Stop telling yourself you're going to be good tomorrow or that you're never going to do it again. The truth is tomorrow does not even exist. The future moment that you're promising yourself you're going to quote be good in doesn't matter because it doesn't exist anyway. The only thing that matters is this moment and how you feel in it. Because this again, this is the only moment that exists. And your experience in this moment is impacting how you feel right now. The choices that you make in this moment have the ability to either make you feel better or worse right now. But if you're not present in this moment or in your body, you can have a really hard time remembering that or even noticing whether what you're doing or thinking is making you feel better or worse. Promising that you're going to, quote, be good tomorrow is doing two super problematic things. First, it's reinforcing restriction. And as we know, restricting food causes overeating and binging. In fact, it's one of the biggest driving forces of it. Promising that you're going to, quote, be good at some later date basically guarantees you're going to binge or overeat again. And I know you're probably thinking, well, it's not restricting because I'm binging right now. How is that restrictive? But the promise of restriction, the promise that you're going to restrict at some later date causes you to binge and overeat more now because you're thinking, well, I better eat it all because I'm not going to be able to have it again tomorrow when I start, quote, being good, right? It's restriction. It's going to almost ensure that you're going to keep binging and overeating. Given this, you cannot keep planning more restriction. It is an enormous part of the problem. So instead, you're going to do the complete opposite. You're going to remind yourself that you can keep binging all day if you want to. And again tomorrow, and the next day, and the next day, all day, every day, from now until the rest of your life, you have full permission to binge. Now, at this point, you're probably thinking I'm nuts because that sounds absolutely horrible to you and you don't want to do that. And to that I say, exactly, that's my point. When you're helplessly stuck in the middle of this pattern playing out, or rather when you're not helplessly stuck in the middle of the pattern playing out, when you're sitting here now listening to this, thinking logically and rationally about it, you know at your core you don't want to binge. That's the place in you that we're working on helping you live from. Because what's happening when you're binging or thinking about what you want to binge, thinking about the fact that you want to binge, you are stuck in the middle of an autopilot pattern. You're not in control then. You don't even, you're not even aware of what's really happening. It's just the pattern that's driving the need to binge. A pattern, again, that's in large part driven by the fact that you're restricting or trying to restrict in the first place. And so this is why you also need presence because it helps you break out of that autopilot mode. Which brings me to the second reason that promising yourself you're going to, quote, be good tomorrow is problematic. You're not present. By making promises that you expect a future you to fulfill at some later date, you're not present in this moment. When you're stuck in those patterns, stuck in your head, ruminating over all of those 
obsessive fear-based thoughts about the weight you're going to gain because of the binge or how perfect you're going to eat tomorrow or how great you're going to feel when you do start eating perfect again, you know, promises that you're never going to do this to yourself again, all of those things, when you're doing those things, when you're stuck ruminating on all of those thoughts, you are not present in this moment or in your body. You're stuck in fear and fear disconnects you from your body and the present moment. You're disconnected from those things because you're stuck in fear, repeating old patterns that have been keeping you stuck getting the same results over and over and over again. Those same results, just more binging. So since the only thing that matters is this moment, you're going to practice staying in it. This way, you can actually make some good come from the binge by learning from it. When you notice the promises to, quote, be good tomorrow thoughts arise, when you notice those things arise, practice dismissing them, reconnecting with your body, getting present in it, and learning from it. Most of us never do this, especially after a binge. We actually do the opposite. We want to get rid of or escape the feelings. And so we do our best to forcibly detach, to disconnect from the moment and our bodies. And this, connect, this disconnection rather makes it way too easy to continue treating our bodies like crap with the binging and all the other ways that we punish them. Because again, we're so stuck in that autopilot pattern and we're just completely dis- detached from the outcome of it, right? I mean, I know that you already know binging or overeating makes you feel like crap, but have you ever actually turned towards your body and explored exactly how it feels as a result of a binge? Have you ever gotten really specific about exactly what it feels like to be in those hours or days post-binge? I mean, really super specific. Have you ever done that? Here's an actionable to try. Be present and connected. Focus your attention on this moment right now and bring your focus down into your body. Turn towards the discomfort that you're facing after you've binged and face exactly what you're feeling. Look for the discomfort. Breathe slow and deep. Allow the feelings to be there and explore them. Now, describe to yourself not only exactly what you're feeling, but where you're feeling it. Be as specific as you possibly can and note the difference between physical and emotional discomfort or sensations. So for example, you could, be, you could say to yourself, as you, after you do this, this um, you know, presence and connection process, you may notice, I feel ashamed, embarrassed, and disgusted with myself. These are emotional responses that are showing up as the sensations of heat rushing through my face and tightness in my chest. My stomach also feels so full that it's distended and hard. I find it difficult to take a deep breath and my chest is burning from heartburn. My stomach feels nauseous. I'm also lethargic and really, really sleepy. These are physical responses from my body. It's trying to tell me how my choices have impacted it. See there, you're noticing the difference between emotional responses and physical responses, and you're really getting specific in that example about exactly what you're feeling where you're, and where you're feeling it. And 
While noticing the difference between the emotional and physical responses, pay attention to how the physical responses are actually your body's attempt at communication. So listen to it. Also notice how the emotional responses, the guilt, the shame, the disgust, all that emotional suffering, those things are coming from your brain, not your body. Those things are not actually the result of the binge. They're the result of the judgments of the binge and what you believe it means about you to have binged. That's what those emotional responses are. It's like, and it's like kicking yourself when you're already down. If you're going to be judging yourself and criticizing yourself and shaming yourself, um, you know, when you're already feeling physically sick because you've just binged. So two, step two is we're going to um, incorporate intention, acceptance, compassion, and kindness. And so in this example, you're going to be intentional with your self-talk and your actions. You're going to speak to and treat yourself with acceptance, compassion, and kindness. And as I started mentioning uh, a second ago, I know you have been conditioned to respond with self-judgment, loathing, and shame after you've binged. Those things probably even start before the binge is over, right? They probably start somewhere mid-binge when you start negotiating with yourself about how you need to stop right now, no more eating, right? But this is the exact opposite of a helpful or productive response to a binge. Because we treat ourselves the way we believe we deserve to be treated. So the more we judge, berate, and shame ourselves for our choices, the worse we feel about ourselves. And the worse we feel about ourselves, the worse we treat ourselves. It's that simple. In fact, given self-punishment is one of the three biggest causes of binging, doing those things almost certainly guarantees that another binge is going to be around the corner before too long. Piling on the judgment, loathing, and shame post-binge is like kicking yourself when you're down. If you're on the other side of a binge, you are already down, right? Practicing acceptance and compassion instead is like simply standing outside yourself for a second and looking down at somebody who has been kicked and beaten and choosing to show her the love and the kindness that she really needs rather than continuing to kick her. Because here's the thing, you're not a bad person for the ways you've learned to numb your pain or for the conditioned patterns that you've developed. You still deserve love and kindness and compassion no matter what choices you make or how much you binge. I don't care how much you eat, you have nothing to be ashamed of. Especially since one of the biggest reasons binge eating develops in the first place is a direct result of everything that you've been taught it takes to, quote, be good with food. You did not choose to become a binge eater. Our screwed up diet and healthy eating cultures, among among other things, created that pattern in you. Binges are not your fault. So Rather than simply thinking to yourself, you know, look what you did, um, you know, you idiot, you made yourself feel like shit again, or, you know, whatever you tell yourself both post binge and then 
as I talked about in the last example, promising you'll be good again tomorrow so that you can feel better, both of which almost certainly cause future binges. Instead, start practicing releasing the judgments and shame. Turn towards the physical suffering caused by the binge and be purposeful about noticing exactly what they are so you can remember them the next time that you feel the urge to binge. Accept that not only did the binge happen, while you're working on learning to break the patterns that drive binging, it's going to continue to happen for a while. There's not much you can do about that. It's going to take practice doing things differently to shift this pattern. So be extra kind to yourself and patient with yourself. And again, I'm not saying any of this is easy, but it is a necessary part of the process. And if it scares you to even consider the concept of accepting a binge and being kind to yourself about the fact that you've binged, ask yourself this, is what you're currently doing working for you? If judging, berating, and promising yourself that you'll, quote, be good tomorrow worked, you wouldn't be here right now listening to this. You'd have a binge-free, happy, healthy life, right? You, you would have been, become binge-free, happy, and healthy years ago if those things worked. They don't work. So why not take a chance on something else that, well, may it, it, it may seem really scary, it actually does work. And it will help you feel better in general and about yourself. When I was still binging, I eventually realized that one of the biggest driving forces was self-punishment, and that was being driven by self-loathing and shame. Self-loathing and shame were at least in part being caused by my judgments over the choices I was making with food. And I recognized that if I ever wanted to stop binging, I had to change the driving forces. That meant... I had to somehow stop believing that I was bad and that I deserved to be punished for the food choices that I made, among many other things. We only stop punishing ourselves when we stop believing we deserve to be punished. And here's the thing. Where there's binging, there's suffering. If I'm purposefully eating so much that I'm making myself sick, if you are purposefully eating so much you're making yourself sick, you are a human that is suffering in some way. Why would you pile even more suffering on yourself when you're already suffering so much that you're purposefully making yourself sick with food, that you're purposefully punishing yourself with food? If it were anybody else, offering them compassion and support in that case would be the only things on your mind, right? So practice shifting that post-binge self-judgment and shame to compassion and support. If you feel sick, consider how would you treat yourself, or rather, how would you treat treat and speak to your daughter if she were sick, your mother, your sister, your best friend? If she had an upset stomach and was feeling sick, what would you do for her? You'd put her to bed, you know, if, if it's your daughter, maybe you'd rub her belly. You'd do your best to soothe her, right? You'd speak to her kindly. That's what we want you to start doing for yourself. This will make such an enormous difference 
post-binge. I cannot even tell you how much this one simple action began to change my life when I started practicing it. So here's your actionable. Be intentional with your thoughts and your behaviors post-binge. Notice when the abusive and judgmental thoughts show up. Because remember, those thoughts are currently part of your programming. They're part of your conditioned response to a binge. So you cannot simply choose to not experience them anymore. Until you do the work to reprogram, they're going to continue to show up. So accept that they're going to. Accept that the, you know, those thoughts, those judgments, along with the binging patterns, they're part of your current programming. You didn't consciously choose to develop any of it, but you can consciously choose to change them by noticing and intentionally choosing how you respond when they show up. And then respond with kindness, compassion, care, and love with your thoughts and your actions. And then three, we're going to implement awareness and curiosity because we want you to see if you can get some insight into what actually caused the binge. Perhaps contrary to your current beliefs, <laughs> binges are not the result of weakness, addiction, lack of self-control, or gluttony, but they are the result of something. Binges don't occur out of thin air. There is always, always something driving the desire to binge, and that something has nothing to do with your willpower. Your job isn't to judge or try to force yourself to not binge. It's to accept that this temporary pattern is present and begin to understand why it's present. This is where awareness and curiosity are required. What's driving the binge? What need is it trying to fill? How else could you fill that need? How will it impact how it feels to live in your body if you binge right now? And then it, when you ask yourself this question, when you consider this question, you can remember specifically how it felt the last time you binged because the last time you binged, you took the time to specifically notice how it felt. So you're going to bring up that memory here. Ask yourself, do you want to feel that way? If you if you hear yourself say, I don't care, consider why not? Why don't you care about purposefully making yourself sick? Why do you want to purposely punish yourself? Why do you believe you deserve to be punished? Don't you want to feel good? These are difficult questions to ask and to learn how to answer because the answers don't always come very easily, but the answers contain vital information and the more you ask yourself the questions and begin to rebuild self-trust, the easier it becomes to get answers. And these are also questions that are best considered before the binge, but I'm including them in what to do post-binge because often it's easier to consider them after you've binged. Once the decision to binge has been made, trying to pause and ask ourselves a few questions is often like trying to stop a runaway train. It's, it's not going to happen pre-binge. But once the binge has started or when it's over and that desire is temporarily gone, the edge has been temporarily taken off, um, you know, and the emotions are kind of a little bit more calm and numb, we're feeling a little bit more calm, a little bit more numb. It makes it easier to pause at this point and consider the answers to some of these questions. So that's why I'm including this um, post-binge, just because, you know, sometimes it's easier after you've taken that edge off. 
the better we know ourselves and our triggers and what's driving our behaviors and the more connected we are to the consequences of our choices, the better prepared we can be to either avoid the triggers entirely or make a plan ahead of time for what we want to consciously do differently, how we can consciously choose different responses when these triggers do occur. So the actionable here is if you didn't stop to consider what's actually driving the desire to binge before you binged, use your time post binge to do that. While you're practicing some of these steps, start questioning why the binge happened. What need was it filling? If you need a helping hand with this step or you want a helping hand with this step, my downloadable peace practice framework will guide you through some steps and questions um, that can help. And you can grab that on my website at www.ecet.online. So head over there if you want a little help with this awareness and curiosity step. Now I want to talk a little bit about uh, the framework again, the wholehearted being framework again, just as a reminder, because I cannot stress enough how powerful this is. Being wholehearted is about living from a foundation that is grounded firmly in your own self-love and worthiness. And this is so vital because binge eating or even overeating cannot exist in somebody who truly loves and values themselves exactly as we are. Not only if we weigh the right amount or eat the right things, or if we manage to make ourselves meet these certain conditions or criteria that we've decided are required before we think we're allowed to love and accept ourselves. It's about owning and loving ourselves, owning our, our value, our worthiness, and loving ourselves and accepting ourselves exactly as we are. All parts of ourselves, the good, the bad, and the ugly, as they say, it's about owning our full humanity. In ECET, we apply this concept to not just how we live, but also how we eat, because how we live is very much reflected in how we eat. And it's important to recognize that being wholehearted in this way is not always easy, nor are these things abstract concepts that are only available to other people or destinations that we magically arrive at at some later date if we can just hate and shame ourselves enough to be good today. Love and acceptance are never, ever born from hate and shame. Love and acceptance are intentional practices because how we feel about ourselves impacts every aspect of our lives including how we treat ourselves and our bodies. Hate and shame are never catalysts for positive life-affirming choices or changes. So from that foundation of self-love and worthiness, it's about making choices for yourself and your body through the four main pillars of being that I've talked about so many other times, being present, connected, curious, and intentional. These pillars have been applied in the steps that I've already talked about, as have some of the foundational practices in ECET. For more about the foundations that I've outlined above and to learn about the rest of the foundational elements in ECET, visit, again, you can find that on my website at www.ecet.online. Look for the foundations for peace um, 
program. These post-binge steps are not just about getting over a binge so you can feel better. They're about beginning to intentionally build that foundation of self-love and acceptance that I talked about, about building that foundation into everything that you do, including how you eat and treat your body. Because when you do, when you change the patterns that drive binges to happen in the first place, binge eating naturally goes away all on its own. I used to think that as a bulimic binge eater, the best that I could ever hope for in terms of recovery was to learn to manage the binges. But through the skills, tools, and practices that I've used to create ECET, recovery has been more glorious than I ever could have imagined. It's been probably close to 10 years since I last binged, and not only do I never ever have any desire to ever do it again, I have no desire or no fear rather that that desire will ever, ever come back because I intentionally changed the programming that drove it. So how can ECET help you stop binge eating for good? If you're, especially if you're still flailing a little bit or feeling like, you know, maybe you feel like learning to stop binge eating is hopeless for you. First, I want you to know that that's normal. It is completely normal to feel that way, especially if you've been binging for many, many years. Ending binge eating and changing the patterns that we're stuck in that drive unhealthy habits like it is absolutely possible, but it is not an easy process. There are so many roadblocks and setbacks along the way. And when we're trying to go it alone, There's no real way to know what to do about those roadblocks and setbacks. Plus, it's so easy to give up on ourselves, especially when we don't have effective tools with the right kind of support and we don't know what roadblocks and setbacks to watch out for or what to do about them when they do show up. But you don't have to try to go it alone. It's one thing to, you know, hear somebody outline some simple steps, but Implementing them effectively in real life is a whole different ballgame. And this is why I created ECET because I did have to do it on my own and it was the hardest thing I had ever done in my life. I'm unbelievably proud of the ways in which ECET has been helping women not only break their unhealthy patterns with food like binge eating, but also learn to love themselves more, understand and manage emotions without always relying on food, tame the mean girl in their heads, and finally make peace with food, with themselves, and with their bodies, and it can help you too. And it actually works because it gets to the root causes of those things. It helps you identify them. It teaches you exactly what to do about them and provides all the support that you need along the way to help you navigate through those roadblocks and setbacks. If you need help, and want to learn how to get started with the ECET, let's talk. You can reach out to me again at my website, www.ecet.online, and I cannot wait to hear from you. Until next time, be good to yourself. You've been listening to Being More with Ronnie Davis. Thanks for tuning in. To learn more about embodied cognitive eating training and access free resources, visit www.ecet.online.